Welcome to the Elevate the Vibe podcast, bringing you juicy convos with thought leaders discussing the wild world of parenting. We want them to know as soon as the water is starting to hit your chin, you need to hold your breath and not let your air out. And then eventually when they start filling that water rise, they know, ah, I need to hold my breath. A child that doesn't know how to hold his breath is going to sink to the bottom. That clip was from our guest of the show today, Deanna Madrid. My name is Jason Berlin, host of the Elevate the Vibe podcast, and with me is my sidekick slash partner in crime slash keeper slash the one who holds the chain around my neck and ankles, uh, cankles, sometimes I haven't been working out. Anyways, uh, Katie Berlin, my co-host extraordinaire. Say what's up there, Shug. Well, hello, all you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> oh, no, she went there. I had to bring it out. I know it's like a little late. Not everyone has seen that show. What is that from? If you don't know, you need to know. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Yep. Yep. So we're on day 622 of quarantine and uh, we're doing pretty good. You know, I've been working a little bit here and there and uh, mama here is grinding away as well. And, you know, our little boy has a very special day coming up tomorrow and we're just so excited. Yes, tomorrow our little babe turns two years old and we're saying tomorrow today is Monday the 11th is when we're recording this. So tomorrow Tuesday the 12th, he will be two years old. And I'm going to make it a point to tell people that he's not two years old, but that he's 24 months. You, I think, <laughs> prefer to give the days. Yeah, days. I think he's at 760. Is that what he's at? Yeah, 730. Yeah, he's 730 days old at 8.30 a.m. tomorrow. That'll be about it. So Yes, so we're excited for our guest of the show today, who is Deanna Madrid. And Deanna is an ISR swim instructor. Now, we know Deanna because our son did go to swim classes with her last year. He was maybe like seven, eight, nine months old, but it was really important for us to take water safety into account, and we're really glad that we chose ISR. There's a lot of misconceptions about this type of water safety, so if you look up information about this, you may see like kids being chucked into a pool. It's a very intense scene. I wasn't ready for it when I went to see you guys doing it, because Katie was taking him uh, while I was working and I would see the videos and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, so it's definitely a myth. Your child is not thrown into a pool, but children are given the skill set to be able to learn how to float. So when they're very young, like six months to maybe two years old before they can actually swim, they learn to float. So you'll see babies floating in the water on their back, breathing, conserving their energy to stay up. So the first few days, the first few weeks when you are there, it is really intense because, you know, you have to start somewhere. You're starting at ground zero and it's hard to watch your child go through that. Believe it or not, it's not the most fun and exciting feeling to just be gently, um, not thrust, but uh, placed in the water. And, uh, you know, being a baby with limited developmental skills and just looking up and just being like, oh my God, where am I? There's the sky. What's happening? I don't know. I could imagine a little bit of intensity, but it gets better and better as they go. So we have firsthand experience with this, but when the sessions were completed, which was about six weeks, we were so grateful that he had the skill set that would keep him safe in the water because we live in LA, we have a pool. It just makes a lot more sense for us being near the ocean, being near marinas, that he'll have that 
ability to stay safe. So this week's guest is Deanna Madrid, an ISR water safety instructor. ISR standing for Infant Swimming Resource and focuses on survival and swimming skills for children ages six months to six years. Deanna's passion for water safety was born from an accident where her three-year-old nephew was found in a pool, blue and unresponsive. Thankfully, he was resuscitated, but that event changed the trajectory of Deanna's life. She transitioned from her career as a nurse to a certified ISR instructor. Let's welcome Deanna to the show. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, my name is Deanna Madrid. I am a certified ISR instructor. I'm also a nurse. I'm also a mother of two wonderful babies, and I'm married to a wonderful husband for now going on uh, 12 years. Wow, um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about ISR. Like, What does it stand for? And... So ISR is Infant Swimming Resource. It's um. That's what the initials stand for. Um, that would sometimes could be confusing, but it's basically self-rescue type swim lessons. Um, lessons are short and frequent. So lessons are Monday through Friday. They're 10 minutes a day, every day, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's, we short and frequent, it just tends to work better for children. And it's one-on-one um, with an instructor. So there's never more than one child in the water, but it's, um, we teach them to, self-rescue independently. So our goal is to make sure that they are able to adapt independently if they would ever find themselves in an aquatic emergency or accident. So we put them in different situations. We wanna make sure that they're skilled um, to, so that nothing is new. You know, so they learn that they can do it independently on their own. And tell us a little bit about like your family history, like growing up back in the day. Were you a passionate swimmer when you, you know, were young? I wasn't. I think recreational. I was never like on a swim team or anything, but I have a big family, six of us. And I have lots of cousins and we all had pools. We all like would go to lakes and be around water all the time. Yeah, like, you, like grew a lot up, of Americans. you grew up in Southern California. Right. Yeah. So yeah, all my life. So we've been at beaches, lakes you know, pools, it just kind of was what we did. Um, so always comfortable around water, all of us. And um, never any concerns, never any about, you know, water, water safety. We just never thought about those things back then. And then uh, maybe about, gosh, now over 14 years ago, we had a very serious accident in our family. And my nephew at the time, who was three, had a drowning. and it completely changed the way we thought about water safety. I mean, it was extremely traumatizing for everybody because he, they found him when he was already blue. And um, my sister-in-law actually was going through nursing school. She had to perform CPR on him. And thank goodness they were able to resuscitate him. Um, he spent some time in the hospital, but um, no lasting effects that we know of. But it was, um, that's how it all started for me. And then me just being the person, I didn't have any kids at the time, wasn't even close to having kids, but I just started looking into lessons because I knew, I mean, I was with my, my husband, I was with him even then, and um, I started doing a little bit of research and discovered the statistics, the statistics behind, you know, what had happened with him. So... You know, finding out that drowning is the leading cause of death in children one to four and, um, and accidental death. And then the second um, leading cause of death 
accidental death in children 14 and under. Mm. So it's it's not accident. It's not car accidents. It's drowning. So going forward, we're moving into a house with um, a pool, and we're you know getting planning getting married. We were at the time, you know, uh, preparing for a wedding, and I just started researching it. And I remember my dad. So this is it. It started with this video. He sent me the we call it the Miles video. I started my little. It's a little boy falling into the water. He's wearing a blue onesie. It went viral years ago, back before social media was really around. And my dad sent it to me um, via email. And I remember seeing it. And I went searching for it. And so I said, I wonder if that's real. You know, so I found it. It didn't even say ISR on it. It just was a baby falling in. So then I started researching, researching it, and I found out ISR. I think I called it IRS or something back then. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So then I was like, I wonder if there are any instructors around. So then I found the website, and then from there, I, I, it was very quick, like from the point that I researched it, found it, to the point where we were starting to um, decide on having a family, that I just started moving forward from there. I was going to say, so about how old is ISR as a practice? Oh, gosh. Like how long has it about been around? 60 years. Oh, wow. 60? Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. So if someone is unfamiliar with the idea of like, infant aquatic infant survival yeah infant survival can Mm -hmm. you sort of give a breakdown of what that looks like so um what so let's start from the beginning so we teach from the very get-go we need to teach children learn by sensory motor learning so we start with breath control right from the get so many standard swim lessons if you go to a standard swim you'll see that they're blowing bubbles you know which is counterproductive of we're trying to teach them to be buoyant in the water. You don't want them to be blowing bubbles underwater because it'll they'll release all their air and they'll sink. Yeah. So we're always trying to make sure that what they're doing is going to result in them being successful and being able to be buoyant on the water or learn how to swim. So for babies that are six months to about 12 to 14 months, um, when they fall in the water, we want them to go onto their back and float. And to do this independently until somebody comes to rescue them. And that's probably the video that you saw. Right. This little kid is in a onesie. In a onesie and a diaper. And is floating in a pool Flo- on their back. On his, on his back, floating in a pool on his back. Which and, to the layman, to see that, just watching a video and just right. seeing a child flat, floating by himself or by herself in the middle of a pool with nobody else around. Right. It's like, what the hell is going on? Exactly. One well, as a parent, it like, makes your heart jump. Yeah. Yes. And if you see him, he goes underwater and he has to actually turn. He's using all that. He knows instantly, once he sees the water rising, to hold his breath, to actually look for the surface of the water, not release his breath too much, hold on to it until he gets to the surface and maintain his float. He can only cry so much if he doesn't sink himself, he can like complain so much, but he's learned to stay buoyant and on top of the water comfortably. So for me, that was just, wow, like, this is amazing. I, I, we didn't, I didn't know that a child could do that. So um, I think a lot of parents don't think, so they see that video and they think, oh, well, that's only for babies, right? You know, um, ISR must be just for babies because even the website is www.infantswim.com. But we teach children as, you know, toddlers and older kids as well. So, but they learn the same, we still have the, the breathing. The main difference with ISR is the fact that they're breathing on their back. That is where they breathe. 
They learn to be horizontal in the water, not vertical. So um, older kids learn to swim, float, swim. So they swim for a short interval. We don't want them to swim too long. We don't want them to be desperate for water, I mean for air. We want them to comfortably want to come up for air, so we time it for them. So maybe like a four or five second swim before they go onto their back, they take a breath, and then they turn back over and continue swimming till they get to an exit, or if they can't get to an exit, they maintain um, the float as well. That was me in Cabo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the holding a drink. Swimming, y'all holding swimming. a drink, go under, <laughs> drink, get a little breath, yeah. was go back mass- under to the pool bar for a yeah, refill. It was like a masterful <laughs> technique. Your body kept going up and down while the drink not That's move. perfect. That's yeah, great. that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So after, let's say that, um, you know, we talked about about six months to So six a months year. to six years old. Okay. Six months to six years, six, seven years old. After that, they're a little bit older. Because swimming, I think, as anyone who's ever been in the pool, it can be pretty tiring mm-hmm. and exhausting, right? Especially for kids that can't touch the bottom. Mm-hmm. They're constantly swimming. Which is the majority of kids. Majority yeah. of the kids, yeah. right? So, and that's another reason why we like um, that that sequence of swim float swims because the floating they don't panic you can get kids can get panicky very quickly if they are overly tired Mm -hmm. and they cannot or that they can't get their breath or they can't get to any exit or to a wall so that gives them the opportunity to relax and breathe which kids need because they get fatigued so fast so um that's like the main difference i mean there's a lot of differences as well like you know um, training wise with instructors um, it's intensive training that we do we takes about two months we do um, out of water academic as well as in water you know for about two months and um, you know we learn anatomy psychology phy- um, physiology child development there's a lot behind it so um, in order to because we, we also have protocol I'm sorry we also have protocols as well like for different children's needs so we have some kids that may be um disabled in some ways like we have some kids that are maybe autistic or we have to approach different or children with allergies or they've had medical issues so um we make sure that before they sign up for lessons they do an extensive medical questionnaire and then our medical staff goes over it and they let us know what protocols we need to follow for them so it's a very safe um way to get kids into swim classes. How long did it take for you to feel really comfortable with kids? Oh, teaching? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty funny. The very first, I would say the first couple of weeks, I just, they're like, Deanna, you have have to let go of the baby. I'm like, I can't. Like, I just couldn't do it. They're like, you have to let him go under. (laughs) I'm like, this just goes against everything (laughs) in my being, you know? And I actually, I was teaching with another instructor and she had no problem. I was just like, I can't. (laughs) do it yeah Yeah. but then you know you learn okay you've got to show what you're doing is you have to be able to show them that it's okay it's you know Mm -hmm. there was like so there was more psychology with me in the beginning um learning but once I started doing it oh it and seeing what kids can do and the end result I mean it was just awesome going back my son did it as well while I was going through this and seeing him I mean it is such an exciting thing. These kids develop, their self-esteem goes through the, through the roof once they're finished. Because they go, it's their first major accomplishment. 
You know, they go from crying, hating it, because they don't have no idea what you're trying to mm. show them, um, to the end result of them doing independently. And that's where the fun comes. Because now they've developed skills. They could do it by mm. themselves, which we all know. Kids want to do things by themselves, right? So once they can do it by themselves, their, self of, their sense of accomplishment is just, it's, it's something you can see. Um, it also helps with like physical um, attributes is too. It makes them a lot sharper. They get a little bit more understanding of their way their body moves. You know, um, I see a lot of kids that will start walking after they start lesson because they're using all these muscles that they haven't normally mm. used before. That's cool. So I mean, it, there's just a lot behind it, and I just it's so rewarding. I, I mean, I love it, but it did take me a while to get there. <laughs> it, did, it did. Once I was done, I was good. Yeah. But I mean, it was hard because I think any parent, anybody who sees a child in the water, you're just, you know, your heart stops a little bit, you know. So can you like take us through like what one, what a first class would be like then? So, um, yeah, or the entire um, like six weeks. And I think yeah. you could probably like, yeah. <laughs> Because Katie has been through it. She yeah. was there at day one. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, I can give you my side of like how, I mean, I was that parent too, but, um, yeah, let's say for like a 12 month old. For a 12 month old. So what you're going to do from the very beginning is you would find an ISR instructor, right? You would go on the website, um, which is infantswim.com. And then you would find an instructor nearest to you. You would contact that instructor. She'll send you her availability. And then once you're ready to go forward, then you would register. You click on that registration link. It's going to send you to a medical questionnaire. And then that's going to go through to ISR. And then they're going to go through all the medical history. Let us know that they're either cleared or they need a few more, you know, things that are um, maybe answered. And then once that's done, we send you, you know, time, location. So let's start from when you walk in. So, so lessons are frequent so you're going to be coming every day but that day one you're, um you're going to bring your baby in um you're going to hand them over to me we're going to make sure that they didn't eat or drink say, yeah, right for at least two hours um and then usually the first lesson is short short um we're introducing usually introducing either breath control depending on the baby um if it's a 12 month old we'll either introduce the float or we'll start with breath control, just depending on how the child is in the water. Um, a baby that age, I would say I normally would start them on their float. And once they have a little bit of buoyancy, or if I feel like they maybe need to move a little bit faster, then I'll start introducing um, how to hold their breath. So we time it for them. And then when you're introducing the float, yes. what does that process look like? for you and then from the parent that's oh so the parents watching. eyes are usually bulged i mean if i could take pictures of parents faces day one yeah. i mean i i know and at the end i think it, it, it it's funny at the end you know we, we all at, go through a journey. oh gosh yeah. and i think that's pretty much for a lot of things right like yeah. taking your child to school the first day like yeah. all of that you just you have that face like <laughs> So I mean, I have, so the parents' faces, it, so for me, it's not the baby that's hard. It's the parents, 100%, right? So I always say ISR is for every child, but it may not always be for every parent in the beginning, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it does take a lot. But I think, it's like if you knew what I was doing, I, I'm not listening to the crying. 
I'm listening to their breathing, they're exhaling, they're inhaling, and I'm timing it for them. But I'm trying not to give them too much um, support because then otherwise, what am I teaching him? So I'm teaching him how to stay buoyant on the water. Yeah, so basically they're floating on, on their, their back. back. They're on and their you're, back. And you're I'm basically, right next to them with right, your hands with my sort of underneath him. supporting. And then I remember seeing you do a motion where you sort of um, almost like... A current. Yeah, you create a current underneath right. the water tor- going towards, towards their it. back. So, like, because some, so you're touching them, but you don't always want to continue touching them. Otherwise, it's like, what? why are you doing this? Like, I, you can just pick me up. Right. I don't need to be on my back. Yeah. So sometimes we create, I'll create a current so I can let go of him a little bit more. So I'm not completely not touching him. He still feels that I'm quote unquote there by the current. And then eventually you can take the current away. He doesn't need it anymore. But so, and at the same time, you're timing his inhales and his exhalations so that he can stay afloat. And, you know, because a lot of times, especially day one, I mean, they're crying, screaming, they're letting all their air out, right? So so I have to show them, okay, this is how we do it. This is how much we can exhale. This is how much we need to hold our breath in. And then little by little, they're like, ah, even the babies are like, that's what you want. Oh, this is how you do it, you know? And if we could, if you could see, you know, Sammy in the beginning, oh my gosh, <laughs> to the end, I mean, yeah. smiling. Yeah, yeah totally, totally, totally different baby, remember? Yeah, I could only come to like three or four of the classes, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. but when right. I did, the beginning was remember very beginning? traumatic for all of us. <laughs> but then after a while, like his confidence level, like right. what you're saying, it's like you instill confidence. You're conveying right. that confidence from yourself to him, yes. to me. So I'm like the third wheel of confidence. And then you know, <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden we're all like, "Yay, yay, he's, got he's it!" Still doing great. You know? I know, and and it, and it falls proud over. Of himself. Totally proud of mm-hmm. himself. Yeah, and he just like, look, like I can do it, mm-hmm. you know. But it doesn't start out that way. It's little tiny positive reinforcements no. that we use to to get him there, right? So we make sure that, and that's a re- another reason why lessons are very short. You know, babies can only handle so much. Toddlers as well. Um, because we're not like singing and there's, they're working really hard, but we're constantly trying to leave it on a positive note so that they understand, okay, that is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then eventually once they get their skills, it's like that light bulb, like, oh, this is what it is. And then swimming and then it's fun, you know? So, I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, it was an experience, right? So after that initial sort of float technique or right. the breath technique and now when you when you talk about the breath technique and seeing the rising water from right. a baby's perspective can you right. share so, the mechanics so of that? in the very beginning so we're trying because we're using sensory motor right so we want them to know as soon as the water is starting to hit your chin you need to hold right this is in the very beginning you need to hold your breath right not let your air out so i'm timing it for him right Cause they're crying so i have to time it in the beginning and then eventually when they start feeling that water rise they know i need to hold my breath a child that doesn't know how to hold his breath is going to sink to the bottom right or start taking in water right so that's like first like abc's like we need to make sure that they have breath control and then you'll notice too like if you see like the underwater videos of sammy his eyes are open mm. right so we like he's looking for the surface like maybe his eyes might close right when they're about to go in but then you poop they open up right so he's looking for the surface of the water as well so we want eyes open mouth closed some kids there's a lot of kids that still will slightly 
like open their mouth, but they're not swallowing. Their esophagus closes and they're still holding their breath. And we can monitor all that. We can see what they're doing. We do temperature, like we make sure that they're, because even though the water, let me go back. The water is usually around 90 degrees, right? We have protocols we need to keep. And the reason being is that um, it's still lower than your body temperature, right? And if a child is too cold in the water, um, physical fatigue precedes um, temperature fatigue. So if they are too cold, they're going to start losing energy fast. And then they, you know, you start seeing that chattering and then they just cannot learn in an environment. Like Once they're done skilled, then you can put them in, you know, those situations. So... Um, we're just constantly temp, you know, checking temperature fatigue and seeing, you know, yeah, and how explain how you do that. So we, so we check the bottom of their foot and see what the refill, like what the, um, how long it comes back to the, you know, to their foot, the color. Um, trying yeah, to put so it you'll like, like you'll like press on the bottom of their foot right. and it'll be white, what? and then how quickly that yes. white mm. fills in exactly. with blood flow. Exactly. Mm. Right. So, so that's what we're checking to make sure that they're not getting too cold. So, um, and that's why another reason why you don't ever want to be too long in the water with a child during lessons, like they, they get cold fast, you know, so short and frequent is the best for them. So after we learn um, how to go underwater, then we start, and let's say they have a, a little float and they've now learned how to hold their breath underwater. We start introducing, like we put them in a current, what we call, like they learn how to, like if they were to fall in the water, we start showing them how to get to the surface. So by what we call like a 270 turn, they start, we start showing them, once you're down, this is where you wanna be. So you wanna be on the top of the surface. So we start introducing that to them, showing them how to get to the surface of the water. So at first it feels very strange to turn like that. You can get disorient, disoriented very easily. I've had it done to me, you know, like turning in the water. But then after a while it becomes almost second nature to them. They know as soon as they hit the water, okay, I got to turn and find the surface. So. Yeah, because the majority <laughs> of people, if they're like in the water, standing on a step, kind of fall in the water, a, a little kid mm -hmm. or sitting on <clears throat> a ledge and right. flop over the side, they're going to fall face first. They're right. not just going to fall right. nicely on their back yeah, and it's float <laughs> to the top. Like Every fallen, if you've ever seen any kid, it's never graceful. It's yeah. like a weird fall, legs Half sticking flop, up. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Face first, smack mm. on. Yeah, they get so used to us putting them in different positions that it's not a big deal. Like, they just like, oh, it doesn't matter what position you put me in, I can find it. You know, I'll find the surface. You see their brains working. They're like, oh, I wonder if I can do it. Oh, I did it. You know, like it's, they're, they, and that's where all that confidence comes from too. So now they have a float. They have, well, they have good breath control first. They can find the surface of the water, right? And they can maintain a float for at least a minute. Well, so we'll time them, see how long they can maintain. Um, then we'll, we'll put clothes on them, right? So we're going to try to put them in clothes. It's more of a, um, so they can experience it because many, many children fall in to the water while fully clothed, unfortunately. And, you know, pants, jeans, diaper, it all weighs. And you don't, and it can create a panic effect too. If you've ever been in the water with clothes on, it's a completely different sensation. Mm -hmm. So we do that at the end to make sure that they've experienced it and then they can successfully do their skills. And then once they do, we're, you know, it's, they've, what I, that's usually when I graduate them, when they've 
you know, shown that they can do all those things, I feel, I feel comfortable. And that usually happens in about six to eight weeks. I loved, uh, you know, towards the end there when you would um, get them, basically like the final test was like that they could withstand you, like kind of heaving them from any position. Oh, any position, like, yeah. Like you just like <laughs> chuck them off the, uh, off the side or, or like maybe they're backwards and then, right. you know, like maybe explain a couple of those little tests. So some of like, so I put them in different um, positions, I guess you can say. So I'll put them vertical in the water. I will put them upside down, like falling, like head first, which if they're trying to grab for a toy in the water, a leaf, what, I mean, they go for any, no. or just touching the water many times. They just want to touch it. We all know kids are drawn to water. Mm -hmm. So that's any water source, they are going to go straight for. It could be a fountain, lake, a pool, toilet. I mean, they'll go to the, I mean, right. go, yeah, the dog table. bowls. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Sammy is still all about dog I'm like, what? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, they're drawn to it. So mm -hmm. anytime a child gets around water, you have to expect that's where they're going to go Either, for anything. They'll sometimes just touch it. So what we find is a lot of kids will do that. They'll go and try to touch the water and they'll try or they'll try and reach in even more. And before they know it, they're falling, mm -hmm. you know, head first. And we all know kids are, you know, heavier up here on their head. I mean, it's very easy for them to go over. So we put them in those type of situations as well. Head first, or they're walking around the pool, back, you know, falling in backwards, crawling in, you know, um, just different scenarios of being in the pool, going for a toy and falling in, you know, or having a toy in their hand. And Sammy would hold on to it like he had a kung fu grip and he'd yeah. still go to his float. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he would not let go of that toy. Right. So you just put them in different, you know, situations. Yeah. Now, what about, let's say the child was about four years old. Okay. What so, does it look so like for, for that? So, let me, so I, I, there's one thing that I, I really, and there's um, something that's contributed to many, many drownings and that is floaties. Floaties and puddle jumpers. If there's anything I can get out to parents is to never put those on them. Because what it does is it gives them a false sense of security. They think they can swim. And even us as parents, oh, let's go swimming. They think they can swim, they jump in, they bob around, but it creates this muscle memory of fluttering arms, very quick. If you look at a child underwater with a floaty, they flutter their arms and they bicycle kick. Right? And it's very erratic. So if they were to find themselves alone in the water without it, they would literally go straight down. So it teaches a vertical posture. And unfortunately, they don't know how to hold their breath many times too. And so they panic and it just it's just a domino effect. And expending all that energy. Oh, expending all that Kinking, energy. flailing. Flailing. Because, and they just cannot, they, your body cannot maintain a float in that position or, and they've never learned to be horizontal in the water. So they don't know how to swim. How they don't know they haven't learned sensory motor of like learning how to move their body in the water and get to a surface. All, they only know that they bob around. They cannot possibly comprehend that that's what's keeping them afloat. There's no way for them to understand that that flotation device is what's keeping them afloat. So, so if I get like you know, so let me go back. So now if I get a foil, now it it depends on what their experience is. If they've been in floaties, which is now a mainstream mm. thing. There are a lot of habits 
that have to be broken. I mean, when we were just on vacation, I think every single kid in the pool besides our child, and nobody said anything to us, but I'm sure the parents were thinking like, what irresponsible parents they are. Oh yeah. They have their beverages right there. (laughs) They're both on their kid, but their kid's pretty young and there's no floaties on this kid. Like, what are they thinking? Whereas I see kids in floaties and I'm like, oh man, like, those kids, they're not going to know how to swim. Like I, I know because you've yeah. been through it, right? And yeah. I, and I'm going to be honest. Had I never experienced what I experienced, I probably would have, you know, put those things on because yeah. it's like a mainstream. Well, I grew thing. up wearing floaties. See, and I did. She still wears. Floaties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to break her out of the habit. It's a that terrible. Is only when she has a drink in hand. That's yeah. just my spare tire well, of my baby. Floaty too. Right. Yeah, she's got the floaty that holds all the margaritas. Is what's really happening. Right. <laughs> I'm not hating that. I yeah. probably did too. <laughs> Technology is great. <laughs> so, so I so I guess it depends on what their experience has been in the water. Usually, when I get a four year you know four year old, they their parents have already put them in swim lessons, quote unquote, for years, and they still have no skills. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on the age. Usually, if I get a toddler, like maybe two years old, three years, they don't have as much experience. So there's a little bit less to break and a little, just less experience in the pool. Four years old, five years old, you just it's just more and more muscle memory. So you have to reintroduce basically, kind of break those things. It can be broken, it, it, it does, I do. You do break those habits, but it's just muscle memory that's developed over years. Is it a little easier because they can communicate? Not always, not always in the beginning, although they learn very fast. So usually my the older ones, four or five years old, usually done in four weeks or five weeks. You know, they, they learn a lot faster. Um, but gosh, I just, you know, it's one thing I've always told parents, I just wish they knew what they could do. The ability, the ability that they have, that they're just not learning. And so by the time they get to four or five, their only experience has been bobbing around in this thing, you know? And so we haven't really given them any experience in the water. You know, it's kind of like putting training wheels on a you know on a bike and never taking them off and not showing them how to do it by themselves so um that so it's the same thing same concept where when you get a four-year-old their experience has been to be like most of the time head up right head up not head down so they will fight it's just naturally because now that's what they've learned is to be head up because they're vertical usually vertical exactly and every time their body every time their chin hits the water they throw their head up mm-hmm. so they've that's what they've learned so you'll see that in the beginning many of times with a child that doesn't know how to swim or they've just kind of been you know it around water but they've never learned how to swim horizontal underwater so so usually my experience with it like let's say the four-year-old i would same thing we'd start from the very beginning uh breath control so we will learn it it take a little bit more to show him, and usually eyes open too. Let me go back. So, four year old, four year olds who have had experience without being underwater usually will shut their eyes really tight, right? And they don't know how to hold their breath a lot of times. So we have to do all those ABCs to be able to learn how to, you know, hold our breath, open our eyes, and then we start learning how to grab underwater. Maybe grab the step or grab. I have like this bar that I. You know that you guys have seen right so because and it's underwater to make sure that they grab and they still horizontal underwater and then we start working on once they have that we start working on kicks and a four-year-old will still learn swim 
So we'll learn the little short swim and then they would roll back and maintain a float, take a breath, and then we'll teach them to flip over and continue the sequence. So, um, and, and it's kind of the same thing. You know, you do the registration, they, you bring them to class the first day. They're a little older, so they're more verbal. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it could be a little ups, even ups, more upsetting for parents. In I was going to ask, how is it for the parents? Oh, yes. And they fight sometimes a little bit more, so it looks worse. Mm -hmm. But usually those kids within three days are like, I mean, it's a lot faster. They're mm -hmm. still coming every day and their every lesson's day, about 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Same thing. And... um. It, it just, it could be a little bit harder, I think, maybe on the parent that's only seen them like, ooh, you know, happy and jumping in the water. Because I think parents tend to say, oh, I want my child to be comfortable in the water. Have a good experience. Have a good experience yeah, in the water. Yeah. But you don't want them to be, want them the to be right. comfortable in an environment that's dangerous without skills. Right. So I think we have to, like, change the way parents view, a, you know, water pool environments you know water aquatic you know environments we have to make sure they're skilled before they're comfortable because we have in order to they can have they can still have fun in the pool but they need to have those skills right with skills comes the competence and the feeling of being comfortable in the water we don't want them to be bobbing around and that's where the you know the fun comes because they were not learning anything independently and we're just setting them up um for a dangerous environment so i mean when our babe was at one of the very first pediatric appointments that he had, what our pediatrician said was try to find a, a swim resource and, and get him into some sort oh, of swim lessons. That is so awesome because that's just recently the um, academic pediatrics has just changed the age, the recommended age to one years old to start them. But that took like, I mean, it's taken years. And I mean, these, these statistics haven't changed. If anything, they've gotten worse. Car seats, they even have classes about how to put them in, you know, how to put them in the car, but the leading cause of death is drowning. So we really need to start talking about that from day one. Especially yeah. Southern California, everyone, oh, their mom yeah. has a pool. For sure. <laughs> and yeah, their yeah. mom's condo, you know, and, and they're, you know, everywhere, everywhere, all over the place. Everywhere. And you always hear some horror story about a certain celebrity who had a party and yep. then a kid goes missing and then it's, it's terrible. So it's yes. great that you're doing this to you know, support the, the, the young ones. It's just awesome. Yeah. When I began to research different options for mm -hmm. swim, I noticed that a lot of the different programs that I was looking into, they seemed like quality programs, but it didn't have necessarily the safety factor that I was looking for. It was mm -hmm. like you said, they'll have fun. They'll get comfortable in the water. But I was like, well, what is the program where the child basically learns to save themselves? Yeah. So like that's the program right. that I right. want to find. Yeah. So it did. It took me a little bit of digging, but I found it and I was yeah. like, okay, yeah. this uh -huh. is the program that I want. And then, you know, I saw the commitment. I was like, okay, like this is a commitment, but it's also my child's life. Like we, right. not only do we live in a community where there's a lot of water, but we live very close to the ocean. We live very close to marinas. Like there's going to be water in this child's life all always. the time. Yeah. Yes. Always. And if not at your house, parties, there's always, and that's for a lot of drums, barbecues, mm -hmm. parties, think, places where everybody thinks everyone else is watching right. them. Yeah. Someone sneaks yeah. away. It happens then... very easily. Yeah. Your child's yeah. in a new place. They want to explore. They're mm -hmm. excited. They go to check out what's happening and, oh, look, there's a pool and 
Yeah. yeah. Right to the water. It only yeah. takes like two minutes. Yeah. You it go, takes, right. Yeah. You go to grab, you know, your plate and your food. Yeah, and I thought you were watching it. Yeah. Like, oh, do you have, we all know, yeah, how yeah. quick kids are, mm-hmm. you know, in and around water. And it takes, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's less than 30 seconds to drown. Yeah. I mean, a child that hasn't learned how to hold their breath, you can only imagine since they go in the water. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's just that's it happens so fast. The just the drowning itself, if they were to ever find themselves, which is so scary, you know. And so I think it's important that we give them skills. You know, of course, we always mention like there's barriers. Whether we should always there, there should be quality sw- swim lessons. You should always have like a gated pool or a net. Mm-hmm. Like like a and a good example would be like the catch a kid net, where it's actually you can walk on it. Oh, I'm unfamiliar oh, with this. They are wonderful. Mm. They are wonderful. Because as we go... Oh, the, I think I've seen them. Okay, can, so it's like a giant net that goes around the, the entire surface of the pool. pool. So, yeah. Mm. And it has like a lever system where it releases. So, it's you can literally walk on it. Adults, oh. dogs, but you know. And it's... Um, a lot of parents that I know have switched. Like, they had no idea that they were even available. Like, they have views and, they, you know, these gates. I'm sure, and they're like, that's why I don't want to get a gate. I'm like, there's so many other things you can do. Mm, we can, yeah, nets awesome. are great. They are are great. gates a requirement, though? Um, you know, are. I think depending on the state, and it, they can vary. Yeah. yeah. I think if you have what they call other barriers, like a wall, it can okay. kind of be considered. But I mean, how? Right. And gates too. I mean, kids will climb, open it, mm-hmm. or people will prop them open. Yeah, you can't think of open. you can't think of them as like no. that's going to be my no. that saves no. the day. Yeah. No, I mean it's another barrier, which you know is great, and, and obviously constant supervision as well. But we all know that parents. I mean, kids are super fast, and we get distracted, you know, very easily as parents. So I think it's, if you do have a child in the water, your eyes should be, or someone should be designated to watch, you know, that child. Because that happens so often where everybody thinks everyone else is watching them. And it's, it's, um, it sets up, you know, um, a, you know, it's like a domino effect to set up, you know, where you can have a drowning in a matter of like seconds, minutes, you know. So it's important that we, have all those barriers set up from the get-go if you have any if you have like a party i think good idea is to always get like maybe get a, a um lifeguard to you know sit poolside but that doesn't mean that parents shouldn't still be poolside you know or yeah, even just, in the water it's just them. one more yeah you sh- we should step. get in the water which parents don't do anymore we don't get in the water with our kids no can't. yeah <laughs> good up I'm going to get in, guys, in my bathing suit while you guys all look great over there with your hair and makeup done. I know, right? So now that's what everybody does. They just put these on. Nobody gets in the water anymore. They're like, oh, I have to get in the water. (laughs) But um, it's a good way to like, if you're going to get your child in the water, I say if you're going to do anything with them, start getting them used to holding their breath in the water. If you can, you know, if you're going to get in the water with them. If you're afraid to do it, then just hold them. But just don't put them in any, you know. So let's say that your child goes through the program. Right. Uh, the program's about six to eight weeks, depending on their age, mm-hmm. maybe four mm-hmm. weeks if they're a little bit older. So after they're out of the program, what are some of the to-dos that parents have to continue to reinforce the so learning? So we need to make sure that we do refreshers. So kids, we gr- they grow at a very, very fast rate. So 
within a matter of months, they're heavier, they're longer, right? And during like the winter months, so I've been out of the water for a long period of time. So since they do learn by sensory motor and, you know, um, they don't forget the skills, but they get very, um, like rusty, rusty, I guess. You, yeah. <laughs> so they have to get back in, but it's very fast to get that skill comfortable again. So they do have to use the constant, just like any like sports. If you sign your child up for baseball, you know, and they go a whole winter without playing, you're not going to put them up there to bat and, you know, expect them to perform without yeah, practicing. Where's that grand slam? <laughs> without <laughs> practicing, right? Yeah. So, so they do have to practice. Now, once they reach an age of like six, seven, then you'll see the retention's a little different. You don't have to have those refreshers as much because it's just, it's like riding a bike by then. But when they're little, you got to do refreshers every six months to a year to just keep that skill sharp. So. Now, let's say that they're elementary school age. Mm -hmm. Are there other programs that you recommend? Once, you know, once they're older, I say you could put them in standard swim lessons. Once they're strong swimmers, because they're not gonna get fatigued as easily. When they're little, you wanna make sure they maintain that float in the, in the case that they panic, they get tired a lot faster. Once they're strong swimmers, then you can start introducing, you know, maybe like different types of strokes, and you know different types of swim postures and things like that because they're they're older so just regular swim lessons right. at that but point but like even with ISR kids i mean we have 2 year olds are diving to the bottom to get you know you know toys at the bottom they're swimming across the pool the only difference is they're just resting on their back to breathe little michael phelps protege yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm wondering if there's any correlation with ISR kids and the olympics oh i'm, I'm sure hey, i always <laughs> tell them you better give miss Didi a shout out you know, like, <laughs> i'm gonna hear a shout out to miss Didi this when i see the medal is for... <laughs> yeah. that's awesome yeah what are some of the myths about oh, the program gosh that's one of the hardest things to overcome because if you've never experienced ISR lessons which many parents have haven't you know Southern California is kind of still new to ISR. Um, back when I, uh, before I was an ISR instructor, the nearest instructor to me was like, gosh, an hour away. So um, there's more instructors out here now. Um, but the myths are that, you know, the child's going to be traumatized because they see children crying during a lesson. But it's a normal thing. I mean, kids cry for, you know, various things. It's the only way that they can communicate. You know, so they'll cry. I mean, they cry, you put them in the car seat. They cry, you know, if you take a toy away that they can't have or whatever it is. So, but they, they don't see what we're doing underwater. We're introducing things. We're timing it for them. There's a lot of protocols, you know, um, that are in play but during this whole lesson. And we're like constantly watching them. So I think that's one misconception that, you know, it's going to be traumatized. Once they get the skills, as you've seen with Samuel, that crying subsides. So... I think another misconception is that we just throw kids in, maybe because they... I feel like that's a big one. That's a big one, right? So I think they think that we just throw kids into the water. But this has taken like weeks of lessons, one-on-one, -on -one, getting them now to this point where they can do it. And yeah. even when they're at that point, you don't just chuck a kid never. in water. No, yeah. never. Like, mm -mm. that's just not part no, of the program. Absolutely not. No, I'm not throwing them, them off the diving board into the water. <laughs> but we, and we're always trying to make sure they don't hit the side of the, you know, we put, we're trying to put them in, in um, situations to get them prepared, but never without like, you know, constant, constant supervision. And, you know, there's 
we have even certain types of fall-ins that we do a certain way. Everything is, you know, is standard the way we do it and taught. And, um, and we have recertification every year, which is another major difference between ISR and other, other lessons, is that we are constantly keeping even our skills up to date, you know? Or learning, you know, different kids, learning new things. Um, we do that as well. So, which is, it's just really nice because we get to, you know, get in the water with other instructors. And it, it's, it's great. It's a great uh, ISR family. There was also the training point for the parents as well, yes. where you bring the parent into the pool. Oh, yes. Yes. That was, that's fun too, right? So mm-hmm. at the, once they're skilled or, so it just depends on, on the baby, on the age of the baby. So let's say like Samuel was very young. He was like under a year. And um, so at the end, I brought you guys in once he's completely skilled and then I show you how to practice with him, you know, what to do. Cause I, let me tell you, you you parents acted like me the first day that I trained. You can, yes. to let him go right underwater is just it's not a it's natural. <laughs> yes, it's yes, like, it was it was just yeah. such like a mind fuck to like. <laughs> you were like, it's okay, like it's you okay. have to do let this him go because yeah. part of what you were reassuring me with was that if I'm hovering standing there right over right. right over him he's looking for me to pick him up right he sees me and is like okay are you gonna come and grab me so it's like it's making him anxious and nervous because you're hovering so he's like what are you doing like mm-hmm. you know so you have to give them so i would say it's space you got to give them space mm-hmm. proximity is your best friend when you're trying to teach your child anything you don't ever want to like hover around them because they just makes them like oh my gosh like what um yeah hi <laughs> i feel like i'm a helicopter mom in the making i'm You're just drone gonna mom, yeah, yeah yeah maybe you a drone mom lower the surface <laughs> right. than a helicopter, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i can get That's up either. right up in there yeah, i have to remind myself all the time i'm like okay isr just like, other parts of your life too like just let them be let them <laughs> yeah. figure it out let them figure it out so um yeah, so we got you guys in, and I showed you how to do it. And then you guys got even, you guys were pretty comfortable by the end of, I think I took you in for two days? Was it two I days? think we did two days, yeah. Which was really helpful because we have a pool, so it was really nice to mm-hmm. be able to practice in our own pool after and to right. keep those skills going. And then mm-hmm. we took another trip, we had another vacation, mm-hmm. and we were able to practice then as well. So, like, we kept it going for about six to eight months, I would say. Um, yeah. I mean, on that rec- the recent trip we just took, we didn't really work on it. Yeah. There was yeah. a lot more people We're around, due for so. a refresher. Yeah, and, he, and yeah. he needs, yeah, he definitely needs a refresher. It's been months now. So, yeah, that, that's, and that's a, good, that's a good way to also get parents involved in, like, getting, getting used to getting in the water since that's just not a thing that we normally do. And, we, and because it is unnatural to put your child into water but but i we even did you know little things where he would fall off the step on his own Mm -hmm. right so it wasn't us constantly doing it to him Mm -hmm. he felt like oh well in in our pool he loves playing on the steps and they all do they love the steps Mm -hmm. they love them so it's a good place to put them in situations or just see what happens because a lot of times they'll slip off the step mm-hmm. or one of their toys will go floating by them and they go to get it, mm-hmm. you know, and lose their balance or... Or like there might be other kids that other are running kids, and playing right? and maybe they accidentally Flashing, them. Or, right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there other programs outside of ISR that maybe have a similar me- like methodology that you would recommend? You know, I there are some other... Uh, 
programs. I'm not familiar with any around here, but I do know of a few. It's called Infant Aquatics. Now that was another ISR instructor that opened that. She was an instructor many, many, many years ago. She Is that a national it. program? It's it's a lot smaller than ISR, um, but you have a lot of swim schools that say they're doing survival swim classes. Mm. Even the YMCA will say they're doing survival swim classes or self-rescue swim classes, but it's not the same. So yeah. um, it's and because we are so because we have to be certified, um, it's hard to say like, oh, okay, well that's school because they have you know kids that are like teaching that are in high school, college. They have no experience, you know, they haven't really done extensive training. So it's really hard because they don't have the same um, standards or, you know, that we have for ISR. It's very strict. Um, but I always say if you're going to put them in swim lessons, go to go observe lessons and ask them. Say, like, what am I going to expect at the end of, say, six weeks, eight weeks? Like, you have to get an idea of what to expect, right? If you see them putting on flotation devices, that's an instant for me, like a red flag, that it's good, you're gonna be there for a long time. I mean, years. So I get a lot of those kids, because what happens is you're teaching them, it counterproduces what you're trying to teach them. You're trying to teach them to swim independently, but then you put a flotation device on them, and it's confusing them. It's just too confusing. So I say go observe lessons, Ask them questions, experience, credentials, you know, recertification, things like that. And then what are you going to expect at the end of X and X months, weeks, you know? Um, and talk to parents. I think that's another way to get an idea. Maybe if you can ask them for referrals of a parent that's done their program. And you can ask them how long did it take, you know? I mean, if they say they've been going there for, for years and they're still not water safe or they don't have real skills and you know don't even waste your time and lessons too i can tell you if they're doing lessons once a week it's just not going to be as effective you're gonna it's gonna take too long so does that depend on the age or is that i would say older kids could probably get away with it a little bit more but it's still gonna take a long time yeah you know, because also it goes back to when they're out of the pool, what are you doing too? So if you only taking them once a week, then on the weekends, they go back to doing whatever they're doing. It's, it's just, you're just going, it's just back and forth and they don't really develop strong, competent skills. So I think more frequently, even if you have to um, schedule for them to come in more frequently than I would. And, and you should... After a few weeks, they should have some sort of skills developed. So I think it's a good idea, too, to kind of see what's, you know, okay, keep a, maybe a, a, your own personal, like, journal. Like, okay, where are they now? Okay, we've been doing this for four weeks now. What skills do they have, right? Yeah, what are some of those indicators of progress? Right. Like, see, so you see, like, okay, are they holding their breath underwater? Are they able to have a short swim? They should have at least a swim by the time you get to four weeks, you know, if you've been doing, if you've been going. Um, and, and to also not try to think about uh, time, like time-wise. Just because it's longer doesn't mean it's better. Like, oh, well, I have lessons for an hour. The kids can only retain so much. Their attention 
span is only so long. So longer doesn't mean better. You know, it's what they're learning and you have to look at their ability after so many lessons. Yeah. If you see that they're not progressing, then it's probably time to look for another um, swim school. But ISR is a nationwide program. Right. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, like you said, you just head on to the website mm-hmm. and you like put in your area. Yeah, put in your area code, your um, zip, sorry, code. zip code. And then they'll uh, direct you to the nearest instructor. And that's infantswim.com? Mm-hmm. Oh. Infantswim.com. Very cool. And yeah. then I know that that is a great resource, but are there any other resources that you could recommend for parents um, as well? For like for swim lessons? Yeah, or just water safety. Water. Or- water I would say uh, maybe even just get getting in the pool yourself. I mean, sometimes parents don't. They can teach their kids a lot more than some of these. So they don't even know it because you know your child too, right? So I think if you're going, you should really try to get your child in the water and see what they're, how they react, how they are. Get them, get them used to being in the water without any type of contraption on them and teach them even the basic of just holding their breath. You do that yourself and you'll notice how much different they are in the water. They're not so tense when they get in the water. You know, they're starting to learn little things on their own about like holding their breath. I mean, little things like that. Um, but as far as like swim lessons, I think I can't, the best thing is to go see, to go look. That's the only way you'll really know, you know, watch, go and watch um, day one of lessons, see what day one is. And then say, hey, can I come back week four? and see where this child is. Oh my gosh, that would be like a that would be a great indicator. Yes. yes. <laughs> so a, a little <laughs> bit of a funny story. There was a child that was coming to swim lessons right after Sammy's lesson and he was maybe about a year older okay. than Sammy. Mm-hmm. And uh, when when Sammy that very first day when we were in the pool, Sammy's like you know, seven, eight, nine months old. I don't remember exactly at the time, but he's like screaming, crying. Oh yeah, letting you know, like, yeah. m- like mom, why are you letting this happen? <laughs> and the other family like walks up with their kid, and Sammy's like screaming like crazy, and they just like whip back around and take their kid out because they're like, we don't want him to see this kid screaming. And then by the end, it's like, oh hey. Oh yeah, yeah. Like BFFs. The kids are like, "Look how good he's doing! Look how amazing!" And then I'd stand there, I'd be like, "I don't, I don't want to say the other child's name. I, I do yeah, remember yeah. it. I just, you know." Yeah. But I'm like, "Oh hey, look at him! Look how well he's swimming! Like it's like a totally, a totally different, different experience." It yes, goes, it goes from bloody murder to yeah, well, sweet surrender. We're white oh, knuckled, yeah. like oh, yes. eyes bulging, completely to like, bulging. It's to and be it's, like working while and I'm holding your breath. There. I see parents. I mean, I shouldn't even laugh, but I mean, I see, as I'm teaching them to hold their breath, the oh, parents are holding their breath too. They're like, I think I was doing that. Oh, yeah. too. <laughs> you know, sweaty palms and everything. Oh, I know, I know. What is a key takeaway that you would want to leave with parents? A key takeaway would be that kids should be learning swim skills or water skills before anything else. And I think it's important for kids to do the research, look at the statistics, you know, so you understand that it is something that needs to be done as soon as possible. Before before soccer, before baseball, it is one thing that they should do. And know that kids do have the ability to do it. It may be hard the first couple of weeks, but once their skills start coming into play, you'll see the change in them. It's, it, 
it goes into every part of their life. The kids are like, I have kids that are super, super like, um, maybe really quiet. Their parents tell me they're really reserved at school, but they come alive in the pool. So because they're using all their sensory motor skills and like all those senses that they don't sometimes don't normally use. And that the whole thing with, you know, being feeling like, wow, I can do this. You know, so I think there's a lot of benefits to it too. Just not survival, but the benefit of just learning how to swim, it can be fun, but, it can, but we need to be safe about it. So we, and I think with the whole, if there's any one thing I could tell parents is to take those floaties away and cut them up. <laughs> no floaties. No floaties. I think I'm even going to start, like, if you bring me your floaties, I'll give a discount to, like, lessons so I can do away with them, you know? Burn oh, I hate them. those things. Yeah, I just, throw them in a pile and burn them. I just hate those things. I saw one of our ISR instructors, she's like, I found a... Um, I found a use for these things and she had her water bottle, I mean her uh, wine bottles in the, yeah. she'll hold it in the yeah. back of her trunk. Yeah, yeah. 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 the grocery store. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're all holding them. I was like, there you go. See, they were right. for something. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Now, ISR website, www.infantswim.com. And if someone wanted to reach out to you call, specifically. You specifically, you can text, well, let me give you my email address. It's d.madrid at infantswim.com. So d.madrid at infantswim.com. And then how about social media? Are you on Instagram, Facebook, I am TikTok? such a, di- like I'm a dinosaur. I really am. And I've been talking to my niece who's also an instructor. She's like, you really need to get with the program. Like I, I have to give it the times. So I'm actually going to start setting up a website finally after all these years. Website, getting on Instagram and doing all that because she's like, you have got to like get it, do it. <laughs> I mean, she's telling me all the time. I said, you're absolutely right. You're right. Well, when you finally have them ready, we can link I, it in the show notes. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll sure. go back. We can always go back and edit show yeah, notes later sure. and add sure, it for sure. you. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Deanna. Well, thank you yes, for having for me. Such yes. a pleasure, a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, and we love that this isn't only informative, but it could potentially save lives. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank well, you for having me. Too. Thanks for helping us elevate the vibe. Of course. Yes. Of course. <laughs> What up, Vibe Hive? This podcast has brought you any value. Please rate and review on your favorite listening platform. And if you're really feeling generous, share with a friend. Visit us at elevatethevibe.co for show notes on this episode and previous episodes. This podcast is intended to educate, entertain, and inspire. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or substitute for professional medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider with any questions you may have. Thank you for helping us to elevate the vibe.